Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When looking for a new home, location is so important. And as sports fans, you obviously want to be close to your favorite sports teams. So if you're in the market of buying a new home, you gotta check out Aria Denver Homes. They are located just 10 minutes away from downtown, Coors Field, Pepsi Center, and Broncos Stadium at Mile High. So what makes Aria Denver unique is the home buying process is all about you. You know, we offer free home inspections. We make sure we're in a great location in Denver. Um, as well as we outreach into the community and have a lot of involvement with a lot of different businesses, as well as you know parks and other areas in the location. Like Tyler mentioned, Aria Denver believes the home buying process is all about you. That's why they offer that free home inspection, customizable finishes, and brand new appliances. But that's not all. So we specifically have a greenhouse on campus at Aria. Um, that residents are able to sign up for a subscription service and have fresh veggies delivered to, to their door each week. And then we also have a great relationship with Regis University. So our partnership with Regis allows residents to have access to the fitness center and gym. Move today where everyone wants to live tomorrow. To learn more, go to www.aria.denverskylofts.com or call them today at 720-372-1022. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high. The best part of the weekend, hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend, having a good time when the orange and blue W I. Welcome in to a Friday edition of the BSN Broncos podcast and the BSN Broncos podcast, as always, presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Use the code BSN2019 and you're going to receive 20% off your purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. It's game-changing coffee. It's CBD infused. Or if you don't want the CBD infused coffee, you can just get the regular coffee. But I certainly recommend getting a little bit of that dose of CBD in there. And, and I think it'll probably help you with something that Maybe you didn't think that your coffee could help you with. So the code is BSN2019 to get 20% off. And while we're working on some housekeeping items here, it's time to uh, award a winner for this week's WGT Challenge. And folks, the stakes have gotten very high. (laughs) Essentially, you have to put the ball in the hole to win. That's how many people are playing. And that's how many different 
pe- times people are trying. Give me a break. So, shout out to Luke Tucker, who aced hole number one at the closest to the whole challenge at St. Andrews. What a freaking shot. With all that wind, that's an incredible shot. So, congrats to Luke Tucker. Luke, email Lindsay at bsndenver.com. That's L Y N D S E Y. Bingo. Lindsay at bsndenver.com and let her know that you won and she'll get you hooked up with your prize. Now we have to see who won between us. Not me. <laughs> I was just happy I barely got on the green. Eventually. And probably not me. As you said, Ryan, this has been a humbling experience. Humbling experience. I wish I could say the same, Zach, but will you, uh, you read that number there for me? Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Well, you beat me by, uh, you, you were closer by seven times. All right, I got it to one foot two inches. <laughs> that makes me 4 0 on the year. Uh, uh, and we will set a new hole on Monday's podcast. So make sure you stay tuned and listen for that on Monday. Congrats again to Luke Tucker. What a shot. I couldn't even beat him. By the way, that was only my second try there, Zach. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> okay, well, this is all fun. We were laughing, we're having a good time. We're like a family here, and, and we never fight. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said for the Bolin family as some more drama has sparked up here. We're lucky enough to have a very smart person on this podcast at this point. <laughs> so, Mace, tell us what the hell is going on. First of all, nice segue. Thank family, you. by Thank the you. way, yes. <laughs> well, this lawsuit is being filed by uh, Beth Bolin and a- Amy Clemmer. These are the two eldest daughters of Pat Bolin. Uh, they are also the daughters of Pat Boland's first wife, the product of that first marriage. Uh, the other children involved uh, with all this are the products of Pat and Annabelle Boland, part of his second marriage. So, first of all, let's touch on the earlier lawsuit that got dismissed that was filed by Bill Boland, uh, Pat Boland's brother, because that was basically thrown out because it was rendered invalid after uh, uh, the death of Pat Boland. So this is now being filed directly by Amy Clemmer and Beth Bolin Wallace. Realistically, Bill Bolin was kind of acting uh, was kind of acting in terms of the interests of uh, Beth Bolin Wallace and Amy Clemmer in that first lawsuit. One thing that was brought up in the Bill Bolin lawsuit that was dismissed, Bill Bolin alleged that Pat Bolin, quote, upon information and belief, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2006, and that is part of what is at the heart of this lawsuit because what Beth Bowen Wallace and Amy Clemmer are claiming is that Pat Bowen, when changes were made to the trust in terms of how it would be how it would be structured and what it could do in 2009, he's they're claiming that Pat Bowen didn't have the capacity to do that, and that is at the heart of what they're of of this lawsuit and that's a strong claim uh because essentially what they are claiming is that joe ellis or you know uh the rest of the trust tricked pat bolin into changing up the way that he did the trust so that they could be put into power at least when i read that that's the way that sounds it's an explosive allegation how much did it change in what they're saying changed in 2009 do you know what the like what the original like, trust right. plan was? What, deta- what details changed that? I'm I'm not certain of how much, 
But what one of the things that we know and that we've learned is that Pat Bowman really did consider anyone ready to kind of manage an inheritance and everything involved with that until they were 40 years old. And so understand that all the children of Pat and Annabelle Bowen, including Brittany Bowen, who will be returning to the organization uh, in a management capacity uh, later on this year, they are below the age of 40. Beth Bowen, Wallace, Amy Clemmer are above the age of 40. This is interesting because the end game here, obviously, is to take the trust out of power. Correct? Yes, that's what that is what they're basically trying to do, in effect. They're trying to invalidate the trust. Technically, let's say that they're making some really good points and their lawyers are, are look trending towards winning this lawsuit. Couldn't the trust just say, like, all right, we're doing we're appointing Brittany and just like clean their hands and walk out? You wonder why that hasn't happened already. Because everything seems to be pointing toward Brittany Bolin being the child that they would like to have control of the team. Right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's why you think like, okay, well, things are trending down the, the, uh, the wrong path here. You just go Hail Mary at the last second and just be like, okay, well, before you take us out of power, we'll just appoint Brittany. But what's interesting is that by filing this lawsuit, they're, they're potentially jeopardizing their inheritances. That, That's the interesting thing about this. Do you know the details of that? Because I saw... I had not heard that until this morning, so... Because that's a risk that is certainly not worth taking, if you ask me. Where does the team go if they are successful? If they do invalidate the trust? <sighs> to sale, I assume. Who sells well, it, Well, it depends who, who, who who's in control. In who's in control? <laughs> do they designate... Do, do the children the NFL co- take the team? the NFL would be getting involved Probably. at some point. The other Probably. thing is, it, do the children come together and say, okay, well, who which one's going to be in charge for a short term period of time, and then one will be in charge after that? I mean, I don't know where this goes. The league can't be happy with this. Well, that's why I think if if that was the case, the league would step in and say, okay, we're taking temporary ownership over the team, and we're going to administer the sale of the team. Right, and and because it certainly wouldn't probably be put in the hands of the president of the team, because then it'd just be going right to Joe Ellis again. I thought you were going to say the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is really time. interesting. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is not what you want to see. And for Broncos fans, I I, re- I don't think they're too too interested in this stuff, and I totally understand that. In the end, like we're trying to watch football out here. Yeah, but the thing is, nobody who follows the team, wants to see wealthy heirs and heiresses fighting over something they love, which is the Denver Broncos, basically having a tug of war over something that they passionately love. And also, at what point does this start hurting the team? Is it a case where this hazy situation with ownership and the trust controlling it has already hurt the team? I, I wouldn't. Just, I mean, there's not enough checks and balances around here, if you ask me. Uh, a lot yeah. of people are just running things from their perspective, and there isn't someone over them to make sure that they're they're all on the same page. Of course, it's also dangerous because, let's say the re- end result of this was a sale of the team. You could get a great owner. You could also get Daniel Snyder. Yeah, and and he has run what was once a very well managed franchise into the ground over 20 years. It's why I've always been Team Brittany uh, because 
I know that Brittany Bowen will be acting in the interest of what she thinks her dad would have wanted her to do. And she's never going to turn this thing into a business where she's just trying to milk money out of it. It's going to be, okay, what would my dad do? And, and maybe that's not the number one best situation. Maybe you get a, a fantastic owner who wants to just pour cash into this thing. And that's a better situation for me. I I'm afraid of the worst case scenario. I want to see the Broncos stay in the Bolin family, especially with Brittany, because I think that she'd do a great job. And I think that she would act with Pat's interests in mind. And I think any of the children who took over, no matter what, if let's say it was a uh, Beth Bowen Wallace who somehow got control, I think she would act in the best interest of the team as well, but I know Brittany would. So just three weeks ago, we thought this was, well, we didn't think it was over, but there was a big milestone cleared by the trust when Bill Bowen's lawsuit was dropped entirely in court. And, uh, now it's brought back up in a different fashion now, so we'll see where, where, where this goes. Now what's interesting also is with um, Bowen, Wallace, and Clemmer, if, if their inheritance is invalidated, it doesn't go to other Bowen children. It passes a generation to their descendants. Oh, good for them. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, well, again, anyway. I, I don't think people – like. I think it's important for Broncos fans to keep tabs on this. Uh, but we know from just from asking people and from running a poll that this isn't the number one thing on people's minds. This it's football. Like in the end, this is a game. People want the game. So with that being in with that in mind, but you can't ignore this. You can't ignore it. Exactly, it's something you just keep an eye on. And if the on-field product continues to struggle, it is something you have to revisit. Absolutely. But in the end, this is about a game, and the Broncos play a game on Sunday against the Bears. And I'm not sure how I feel. Uh, I was put on the spot yesterday on the radio, and I wasn't prepared yet to make my prediction of this game. We'll obviously get our predictions in, but I, I want to hear how you guys are feeling. Where do you stand on this game, Zach? <sighs> what a question, Ryan. This is this is really tough because I go back and forth on so many things. And the first thing I, I, I say is the Broncos haven't started o, or the Broncos have started zero and two twice. In the past 50 years, five zero years. That's nuts. So I think, well, the Broncos are coming in desperate. Uh, typically in these games, outside of really the past few years, and even you can look at last year's Steelers game, when they had to win, they did win. And this does feel like a must-win game uh, to, to salvage the season, to, to keep the season feeling fresh, especially going into Green Bay the, the next week. But then I think, well... The Bears also feel that way. They're 0-1. They just came off a terrible loss. They probably feel that desperate sense as well. You probably wish the Bears would have won last week so that they wouldn't have that desperate feeling. Uh, and then we look at the actual game itself. And uh, am I scared of the Bears' offense? No. No. Not, not at all. I think the Broncos' defense is going to bounce back. I think it's going to look closer to what we imagined a Vic Fangio defense to look like, not necessarily be that number one elite or, or top three defense, but I think it's going to be pretty darn good. <sighs> but what I can't get past is Khalil Mack and this front seven going up against Elijah Wilkinson and Garrett Bowles. Guys, can you convince me that it's going to be okay? Because I, I can't get past that. I'm as concerned about Akeem Hicks as I am about Khalil Mack, quite frankly. And that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. No, because the interior rush is the thing that can probably cause the most trouble for Joe Flacco. There's no escaping that. 
And while I think Dalton Reisner, he had a very good first game, I still have my concerns about the rest of the interior. And Ron Leary did not have a good game, and he was limited at practice this week. So how healthy is Ron Leary? I imagine you can never Hicks count is, on Ron Leary to be healthy. I imagine Hicks is going to go right at him. Can't imagine why he wouldn't. I um, am pretty worried about this this defense, <laughs> especially after hearing Rich Gangarello talk about it. I'm like, I already knew they were really good. Rich Gangarello made me feel like they were better than they are. Um, but I watched this game last week, and there was this team with a really good pass rush going up against a team with a really average offense. And I saw them, via game plan, take away – the, the, the strength of the other team's defense, which was their front seven and their pass rush. It was the Broncos versus the Raiders. And we've talked so much about why wouldn't every team do that to the Broncos? Well, in a game like this, why wouldn't the Broncos try to do that to the Bears? Why wouldn't you try to ha- make everything quick game, make everything get the ball out fast, and don't allow Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, and all those guys to eat? You have to, but at the same time, the like, that's why I come back to Hicks as being more important than Khalil Mack. You can get the ball out quickly, and you can take Khalil Mack out of the, the game in much the same way the Raiders took Bradley Chubb and Von Miller out of the game. But if the Broncos had had any semblance of an interior pass rush, they still would have been able to get to Derek, Derek Carr within a second and a half. And that's why I think, in theory, you could have a similar game plan to take Mack out of the equation, but what if Hicks is winning on the inside? I have an answer for you, Ryan, and you're not going to like it, and it goes back to something we talked about yesterday, and that's because coaches are stubborn. That's why props to John Gruden for playing that type of offense, and I know that's kind of what Derek Carr does anyway, so he didn't have to change the offense, but what you're saying in terms of the the quick, quick, quick passes would be pretty much completely opposite of what this offense is. Then you're not setting up boots if you're doing that. Uh, You're not running the play action. You're you're not doing that. You're changing your entire offense. And from talking to Rich Scangarello yesterday, he didn't seem like they need to make adjustments. Now looking back and looking forward, he just said pretty much execution was poor. He, He also said he can fix the play calling a bit, but I don't have confidence that he's going to completely change this offense for one game. Yeah, I was kind of trying to set you, you guys up for that. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I do think there is a way to neutralize what they do as, as much as you can. I mean, in the end, you're going up against one, arguably the most talented defense out there. I certainly thought that the loss of Vic Fangio would affect them more than it looked like that it's going to in week one. But you can't deny what Rich Gangarello said. He made, he made a great point. They have elite players in every facet of the game. Elite hey, safety, elite corner, elite wild. linebacker, elite pass rusher, elite front uh, you know, uh, defensive lineman. And that's why it's not as simple as saying, let's get the screen game going. Let's get the game out of the box. Let's get to the outside. Well, Eddie Jackson, coming from the safety position, can diagnose a screen pass better than almost anybody in the sport. From the, lineba- the linebackers are sideline to sideline side linebackers who can come over and finish those types of plays. So it comes down to, do you believe the Broncos' defense can be as stifling to an, uh, an offense that looked terrible last week as the Bears' defense is to the Broncos' offense? Well, Green Bay's defense, had, first of all, excellent game plan by Mike Pettin there in week one. That's the best we've seen from the Packers' defense in a long, long time. They hit Mitchell Trubisky 11 times over the course of that game in Chicago. And 
you wonder if the bear if the bears if Matt Nagy on the offensive side even though offensive coordinators are stubborn have a tendency to be that if he isn't going to try to mimic some elements of what the Raiders did and have Trubisky go first read get the ball get the ball out quickly take the edge off the pass rush because if the Broncos can get to Trubisky as much as the Packers did 11 hits five sacks I think in spite of any offensive issues on the Broncos' side, Denver wins this game. I think the defense is is going to look great. I think the pass rush is going to be there. Again, people won't be talking about Shaq Barrett from last night. And, oh, my gosh, why did the Broncos let him go? Four sacks, though. That's solid in two weeks. It's it's crazy. At what point do Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller combined – surpass Shaq Barrett's sack total which is which is nuts it could be take a couple weeks it 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 could be this week that'd be great but I'm not saying it will be but I can't get out of my mind Khalil Mack's five sack game against Broncos now is it crazy to say that he could get three sacks no it's not because as good as a depth piece as Elijah Wilkinson is he's that guys he's, he's better than Michael Schofield he's though. a depth piece he's well, a backup he's making his first start at right tackle this week well Brock Osweiler also did not have much of a presence that day yes as well but yes I think Elijah Wilkinson is better than Michael Schofield was then I'm not sure he's better than what Mike Michael Schofield became that's fair that's fair but on that day he had no business being a starting tackle on an NFL field. But you're right. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't quell my concern at all when it comes to this. I think you are going to see ineptitude from the Broncos offense. I think it's going to be awful. And wow. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> I still think the Broncos are going to have a chance to win the game. Point total then. What is ineptitude on the scoreboard? 12. Four field goals. <laughs> 12. I think 12 could win the game. 12 to 10. That's exactly what I predicted on the radio yesterday. <laughs> there was a famous basketball game that was actually a final score of 12 to 10, by the way. Wow, it must have been it uh, was stall Wisconsin. Ball. It was NC State Duke in the 1968 ACC tournament semifinal, and NC State feared Duke came out and held the ball for most of the game. Thank God for the shot clock. I didn't think there was, yeah. there was much worse than watching a 12-10 football game, but it would be a 12-10 basketball, basketball game. An announcer calling the game said it was as, as exciting as artificial insemination. <laughs> 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 wow, that's incredible. Um, I'm not, I, I don't know if I, that's my prediction yet, but I do believe that there is a path to one of the worst offensive games we've seen since, well, last week. But... <laughs> The Bears were involved in that one, too. Uh, and the Broncos' defense should be as good as that Packers' defense was. They should be able to get some stuff going. But the thing that scares me the most is Matt Nagy is a smart man. Now, he also is a scheme guy. But I, uh, when you're desperate, it's, hard, it's easier for me to say, because I, it, it's not the team that I'm covering, it's easier for me to say, like, Matt Nagy might just watch that Raiders game and say, you know what, why would I make it harder on my quarterback than I need to? He already just had such a bad game. I can see the path out there to 21 of 24 for Mitch. Why would I not just hand this to him? And I'm not completely sold on the fact that he won't do that. And if he does, the Bears are going to win. Well, the Bears' offense down the stretch last year go through their last five games, including the playoff Lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, and then last week, 
Their offensive output, 15-24, 14-24, Chicago's offense is not trending in the right direction. They basically they had a couple of really strong performances at early to midseason that really kind of reset the bar for them. But this is not an offense that is healthy at this point in the, terms of its performance. I think all of those offensive perform outputs that, that you said, but one will win the game against the Broncos this week. Obviously, I don't think three point. Uh, boy, please. Or 15. I hope three point. 15 can win. 15-12. In my opinion, 15 will win for the Bears. That'll be enough. It can, though. I, I totally agree. That, that, that can be enough for the defense to hold them to. I just don't know if it will be. <laughs> we see a 15-12 game <laughs> with nine field goals. Oh. I re- if it's 15-12, I really, really hope there's a, two point, there's a safety or a two-point conversion made or missed involved somewhere so you've got a touchdown. A touchdown. Maybe this is the game, guys. It's not something where you can rely on this, but you need a defensive or special team score. It can happen. It, it can happen because another thing, a, a thing of optimism for the Broncos is you're going to have the crowd. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be loud, and that's only going to help Bradley Chubb and Von Miller get that jump, get boost. And then Mitchell Trubisky is a guy that these pass rushers should love to face. He loves running around, and he's not Patrick Mahomes running around where he can actually – he's the one quarterback that can get away from that pass rush. He's that That's going to play into the Broncos' hands so much. So, Ryan, I completely agree with you. If I'm Matt Nagy, I'm not letting Trubisky run around. I'm saying get the ball out under two seconds. That's what I'm doing this week. Every single pass under two seconds. Just like trips concepts on the right, levels. Just get the ball out quick to the guy who goes underneath. Yep. That's what I would be doing too. couple things here. One – the Broncos have faced this offense. We, we've talked on this uh, podcast before about shooting hoops with a medicine ball. <laughs> you shoot hoops with a medicine ball, and all of a sudden you can go to like half court and you just feel like it's a flick of the wrist. That's what this is. The Broncos have shot hoops with a medicine ball by playing the Kansas City Chiefs. This is just the Kansas City Chiefs offense with worse personnel, worse quarterback, uh, maybe a little more of an electric running back in Tariq Cohen, but – in the end, like the, he's really their Tyree Kill. I was going to say he's, he's not, less electric than right, Tyree. He's not as good as Tyree Kill. The tight end, not as good. Trey Burton, not as good as Travis Kelsey. You go through this, it's all just a light version of that. So, again, if they run that, that offense, this defense is going to know how to attack it. Here's the other thing. It's, my, uh, it's not really a tinfoil hat, but it's my crazy, crazy <laughs> plan of the week. Read uh, Henry Chisholm's film room on bsndenver.com about the triple option. And I was blown away about just the intricacies of the triple option. It's so awesome. And then we were talking about it in here with Jeff Legwald yesterday. He said it's the only offense you can install in three days, but you can't figure out how to defend it for like three years. Why not just put River Craycraft under center, (laughs) run the triple option this week. You have just as good of a chance of scoring points as you will trying to run your regular offense. River? He's a high school quarterback. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> Who else can throw it? Put Emmanuel? An- put Andrew Beck back there. I'm telling you, Andrew Beck is your veer fullback. <laughs> you put Philip Lindsay and Emmanuel Sanders at the slot back positions and just run the triple option. How long would it take Chuck Pagano to tell his edges, stay home? Because that's what it's Especially all about. Especially when his edges it are is, Khalil Mack. But if, but if the edges stay home, you just hand it to that fullback every time and the, the middle's and they, a little soft. And yeah, they run it right at Akeem Hicks. <laughs> Run to the other side. I'm just saying that that 
I'm not sure. It's you worth can really a try. Do it. it is worth a try. <laughs> At what point do you have to be desperate enough to try it? You, <laughs> I've always thought, not really in the NFL, but college teams, college teams that suck. Like even when the buffs were terrible, I'm like, why aren't? Why wouldn't we just go back to the triple option? Like at least we you mitigate the talent advantage. You mm-hmm. cannot pick the Broncos to win this game after suggesting that. You can't. I'm not allowing it. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, man, stop being so stubborn. Run, no, has it, when was the last time someone actually tried the triple option in the NFL? During the 1987 oh NFL strike, you had teams, a few teams, including the 49ers, that came out running the triple option. Because, again, you could teach the offense in a hurry. The real question here is why doesn't every team – just have the concepts installed just to see what happens. Like, just to try and throw your, uh, throw your opponent off a little bit. I mean, you've got, I mean, really some Wildcat looks were, you know, they weren't triple options. They were options, but not the, they'll, not the triple option. You have to go, again, you got to go back to 87. But I don't see why you wouldn't have that involved. I mean, we've seen the read option have success. Yep. But again, if the edges are disciplined and don't get out of position, and we saw that in Denver in 2011. When they went against the Raiders, for example, and the edges crashed forward like a normal game, it was just, okay, Willis McGahee, take off. Tim Tebow, take off. And you put up 38 points on the Raiders that day. 300 rushing yards. But then when you got towards some smarter defensive coordinators, and this Rex Ryan did very well against that offense, but it really began to gain momentum against the Broncos, starting with that Bears game that was won when Marion Barber stepped out of bounds and gave the Broncos one last shot. But the Lovey Smith's defense shut down the Broncos that day, and then Belichick did the same. North, or, um, uh, Dave Wanstead was running the Bills defense in Week 16. Romeo Cornell, the Chiefs, in Week 17. And then Dick LeBeau, for some reason, got really stubborn yep, yep. and didn't change a exactly. thing. Exactly. Take advantage of people being stubborn. Um, no, this is all really just to say I'm really worried for the Buffs this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I think in a one-off scenario, in a game like this, you could actually pull it off. But that's neither here nor there. What do we have to do now? Do we have to make these game predictions? Got to make the game predictions. Yes. You said you hadn't decided yours. You ready? I'm going to go last. You're going to go last. Mace, we have, well... I'll, I'll give you the line on this game, but then I also want your score prediction. Broncos. Actually, let's save the Broncos for, for last. All right. Sounds good. Let's go around the AFC West. Chargers going in to Detroit to play the 0-0-1 Lions. And the Chargers, the 1-0 Chargers, are three-and-a-half-point favorite. Your Chargers. Um, with none of my players on them. Big Chargers guy. <laughs> I think the Lions are absolute trash. Mm, What's the line? Three. Oh my God. And a half. Chargers by double digits for sure. Wow. Have the Chargers not been a better team away from Los Angeles than in Los Angeles mm. since relocating there? Yep. Yeah, they probably have a more home fans. exactly a home field disadvantage. And I think they get disheartened when they step out at what is now known as Dignity Health Sports Park and see a sea of and they lose the their opposing dignity. color. Yes, that you could say that they do. So give me the Chargers on the road, taking advantage of that road game advantage that they have. I do not like the Chargers as much as you guys do in this game. No I Hunter am, Henry. I am not. You're a Chargers guy, I am though. I'm not confident in my Chargers. By I'm the still, way, what, what's Antonio Gates up to now? 
It's good. probably about to join the Chargers. The correct answer is about <laughs> 300 pounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the opposite of the Joe Thomas plan. I'm going to still go with the Chargers because I think Detroit is that bad. If you can only tie the Kyler Murray. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, you heard it. If you can only come away with a tie against the Kyler Murray Kings, Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals. That defense is so bad. The Cardinals defense is so <laughs> bad. Yeah. And they only put up 24 points, right? Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're about to get worked. By Phillip Rivers and List. Right, but the defense at least has some guys. It's true. It's true. All right, next game in the AFC West. Got a division battle going on with the Chiefs going in to the Oakland Coliseum for Mace, as you point out, the very last game played on a baseball field ever, right? Yes, presumably, unless we have another relocation and a team is forced to play on a field like this. But as of right now, likely to be the last game played on a dirt infield in the history of the NFL. Give me the Chiefs in this one. What's the line? Seven. He didn't even give you the line. Seven and, you took it. and a half. Uh, uh, so I think this is a classic overreaction game where people are going to say, wow, the Raiders looked really good. I think they have a chance to keep it close here. And Andy Reid is going to go in there and just just rub it all over them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say I like making these bold predictions. Chiefs by three scores or more. I like I love the Chiefs in this game. I love the Chiefs to absolutely double-digit victory. What was the Chiefs' line last week? Was it six? It was four. And oh, on the road in Jacksonville. So or it was even four. I loved it. I love that line. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it was like, just go ahead and print it. This one at least has a little <laughs> bit of a scary thing because you're giving away the hook on the touchdown, but still. All right, let's see if we disagree on this final one. The Bears coming into Denver, into the Mile High City to play their former godfather in Vic Fangio, and the Bears, before Monday night's game, it was an even line. After Monday night, after the world got to see the Broncos lose, Bears are now favored by three. It's a pretty big swing. I actually would have expected it to be more, but then I remembered how bad the Bears looked. Um, with that in mind, Bears are getting three? Yep. Hmm. I don't think this uh, this game is going to be decided by three points. It's just which side it's going to be on. Still don't have your decision made, huh? And you know what? Even though they might not run the triple option, I'm going to hang my hat on one singular reason why I'm going to pick the Broncos. It's just the Broncos always win their home opener. It's the only thing I've got. But I'm going to roll the dice when it comes to that and just say it's the home opener. How can they possibly lose? The last time they lost the home opener was a week one game back in 2011 which was before Monday, the last time they lost a week one game period. Yep. And then they won in week two against Cincinnati. I was just looking this up. I see this game being 15 to 14. It would be the ninth 15 to 14 game in NFL history. No score, Agami. And thus, 15-14, Bears Bears, uh, giving up three. I'm going with the Broncos. So you're picking the Bears to win 15-14? Yes, okay. but the Broncos beat the What's spread. your score? 12-10 um, Broncos. 12-10 Broncos. You're going with the 12-10. I love the score combination of 29 points, Mace. I love your 15-14. I'm going to go 16-13 to 13 Bears. So I'm going push. I'm going with the push. Do I get extra points? 
with guessing the push? Uh, no. I'd love it, by the way, if this game was unexpectedly high scoring. It, it's one of those wrong games. And it's it, and it ends up being 31-29 or 31-28, and no one expects it. Yeah, it's like I remember there was a CUCSU game one year where the Buffs' like, high-powered offense was coming out, and, and the over-under was like 68 or something. Mm-hmm. And the, the final score was 17-13. So then if I can't take the push, I'm going to go Broncos plus three because I think it'll be – I like the points instead of giving the points if I'm guessing the push. It's coming down to a field goal. I don't know who uh, – if, if it's going to be a McManus walk-off or if it's going to be a Bears miss. They've been known for those. Mm. Uh, so something like that is going to happen here. Well, it is a Breck Brew Friday here on the podcast, and whether the Broncos win or lose, you're going to want to get in on some of these Breck Brews. So – Make sure you go down to your local liquor store, whether it's Total Beverage or Davidson's or somewhere else. Get yourself a nice six-pack of Strawberry Sky. Maybe you want to go with the sampler pack. Whatever it is, make sure you get in on that Breck Brew action this weekend. Make sure you check out Green Mountain Dental Group. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important, and that's why our friends over at Green Mountain Dental can help you out. And they're giving you a free Sonicare when you schedule a cleaning x-ray or exam that's right all you have to do is make sure you keep your teeth damn good for them to give you a free Sonicare so check them out online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today for what it's worth have you noticed that Vic Fangio has said the phrase damn good four times this week Welcome, Vic. He's a listener. We better start getting residuals on that. He said damn good. He also hearkened back to the days of my old radio show when he referred to 75 yesterday. Mm. Mentioned 75%. And he kind of paused and hesitated as though he didn't want to say it, but he said it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as we move on here, we, of course, got to get into the questions. And I shall take the first one here. It comes in from Polish Filipino. He says, why does Denver struggle so much in kickoff coverage? You'd think that is a straightforward play that our players could handle. That's, I think, a product of how poor the back of the roster is at this point. The stronger your roster is when you get past, say, player 25, player 30, the better your coverage is going to be. You've had a lot of changes there over the last couple of years. As we saw, uh, the, the depth of the Broncos was clearly not valued by the league because no Broncos were claimed off waivers, and it will show up on special teams because you want your core special teamers on kickoff coverage, kickoff return, punt rush, punt return, you or punt coverage, punt return. You want those guys to be generally your backups who don't have extensive roles on offense. It's where the roster is hollow right now, and that ends up rearing its head on special teams. And that's why you can't have Brandon McManus kick it short. And I know that wasn't the plan. Brandon just didn't kick it Mm -hmm. far enough last time, but every single opportunity to kick it as far as you can, you need to. Well, at altitude, he can pretty much put it in the fifth row, so I'm sure there won't be any returns. Yeah, don't mess around when you're at at 5280. Make sure he just kicks it uh, through and out of the end zone. The other thing, don't forget last year, the Broncos actually weren't bad on kickoff coverage. They, uh, the longest return allowed was 37 yards. That 
Last Monday was the longest return given up by the Broncos since the Patriots game in 2017. Next one coming in from RDD Hollywell. He says, Sam Darnold is out for a couple of weeks for the New York Jets. Trevor Simeon is the backup QB, and now they picked up DT as a receiver. Can I get your guesses on their stats for the upcoming Monday Night Football game versus the Browns? Now all the Jets need to do is go get C.J. Anderson, and the old gang will be back together. J.K., keep up the good work. Well, (laughs) got to listen, guys. We already predicted Trevor (laughs) Simeon's stats on the podcast yesterday, but we can predict DT stats. I'll go zero catches, zero targets, zero (laughs) yards. I don't think he plays. He's not expected to even practice until Saturday for the Jets. Yeah, I'll go, yeah, none. Remember when he uh, went out for the Texans, though, in his first game and, like, snapped? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. impressive. Atos Dios checking in. October October third at seven p.m. is the Avalanche season opener. Ah. I don't recall word for word what was said, but back in April, RK said something about trading Broncos components for a Stanley Cup. Well, Zach just tried to play footsie with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd trade. Broncos components for a Stanley what Cup does that for sure. Mean, Broncos components. I don't know, like Von Miller. Would you trade Von Miller for a Stanley Cup? Yeah, I would. Like that John Elway jersey that's hanging up in here. It's not even as cool as the one that we have at the BSN office right it's now. True, it's very true. And we're in the Broncos facility. I feel like they can. They but should that, have the coolest one. But that brown and white sock over there, one of the original socks they wore those on the road. It's it's framed with some uh, uh, documentation and newspaper clippings from the early Broncos days. That is cool. It's about the only time you can frame a sock without being considered <laughs> extremely creepy. I was going to say, do you think it's a game-worn sock? I it believe it like is. It. Look at it. It's got a little brown discoloring down at the bottom there. It was actually donated by... I like to see brown discoloring. <laughs> well, it was donated by a former player. And so, basically, this is one of the socks that survived the famous bonfire at which the vertically striped socks were burned in 1962 <laughs> when the Broncos changed to orange and blue as their colors. You're unreal. Wow. Um... Anyways, yeah, go go abs. They're at a uh, training camp right now, just down yep. the street. Just started. Just on the other side of Lollipop Park. <laughs> uh, from typical Trev, curious to hear your thoughts on the week-to-week team captains. Is there something? Is this something other teams do as well? After seeing the lack of leadership on the field in Week One, rotating captains just seems like an iffy strategy. The Bears do it. And I think that is exactly where Vic Fangio got it from. Now with John Fox as their head coach. The Bears did have season-long captains, for example, back in 2016. Danny Trevathan was a Bears team captain from the linebacker position. Matt Nagy opted to go with the week-to-week captains in 2018, and Vic Fangio brought that here this year. Guys, you think if they had season-long captains for Monday night's game, they would have won? Things would have been different? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. Uh, But I would. I think season-long captains are important to have. Uh, it, it empowers players in a way that I think is really important. Now, I don't know if it should be voted on by the players because at that point it just becomes a popularity contest. I think as a coach, you should pick the guys who are making the example best for your team and saying, this is the guy and he's the one I'm empowering him. You know, it's like when the teacher leaves the class, they say probably Zach, you're in charge of the class. All right. <laughs> Uh, don't let anyone do anything weird. Yeah, you can't have a player vote, a pure player vote. Players are involved, but generally speaking, teams will override a player vote if you know if they come out and vote for D's nuts or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> or Bodie McBoatface or whatever. The other teams with weekly captains, guys. By the way, Baltimore, uh, of course, mentioned Chicago 
Green Bay, Kansas City. Hmm. All pretty good teams. So if we were to uh, anoint captains, for me, on offense, it'd be Joe Flacco and, and Philip Lindsay. And on defense, actually, I might even go Dalton Reisner and Philip Lindsay, but there's no way they would allow it a rookie. Uh, Joe Flacco, Philip Lindsay. On defense, I would go um, Todd Davis and Justin Simmons. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I would go, man, if I'm the coaches picking this, yeah, I'd go Bradley Chubb and Todd Davis. Mm, I like that. Inside linebacker, outside linebacker. I was Chubb was going to be my choice. Uh, Philip Lindsay would be a good choice. Dalton Reisner would be fascinating. My guess is it would probably end up being Ron Leary. Meh. Mm, yeah. He's actually more of a leader inside that offensive line. Well, for sure. I mean, Reisner isn't empowered to be right. a leader, so he can't. Right. It's an annoying, unwritten rule. Really quick, if you had Peyton Manning on the team, can you not have a season? I mean, doesn't he have to be a season captain? Yes. Well, I mean, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. They don't have season-long That's captains. That's wild. That's an indictment. That's wild. That Kansas City doesn't have season-long captains. they got Patrick Mahomes, and he's think, young, but still. I think still. after this year, then it's like, wait, how is he not a captain? Yeah, you'd think that. <laughs> Maybe captains are overrated. Next overrated. One, next one coming from Bronco Duck. He says, what up, Debbie Downers? What are your thoughts for the receivers in week two? What do you think Sutton – or do you think Sutton continues to be the number one option? He looked great. Or will Sanders continue his second half involvement from the Raider game? Just curious what your thoughts are on the game plan for the Bears. Thanks, guys. All right, Debbie Downers, take it over. I think Sutton's actually going to get a lot of targets because he – is running those slants really well, and that's what you're going to need to throw against this defense. Get the ball out quick, get it to a guy who's powerful and and can break a tackle or two once he gets the ball in his hands. So I think Sutton gets a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them finally get Emmanuel Sanders involved from from this first snap. Well, which cornerback do you want to try to go at more? Do you want to go at Kyle Fuller or Prince Mukamara? Prince, probably. Well, but then I, I'm Emmanuel so- Sanders abused <laughs> Kyle Fuller yeah. famously on this field that we're sitting right next to last year. He did, and if Kyle Fuller's coming out playing well, maybe you don't throw at him, maybe you throw at a Mukamara, but I, I'd throw at the weak point. Yeah, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm going to wait uh, until Emmanuel Sanders or Cortland Sutton fools me twice to buy into this, so I'm going to say it's Emmanuel Sanders again. Got the next yep, one? Yep, I got it. Wyoming Bronco. I thought you had something to say on the question. Oh, my no, bad. sorry. Hey, guys, it's been a long time since I last commented. I've been really busy with my high school and college classes, but I'm still a daily listener. Sorry in advance if this is a long comment. It is. <laughs> Number one, I am so glad that the Cleveland Browns lost. I was so sick of the hype that they were getting, so happy that the Titans punched them in the mouth. A team can get all the hype in the world, but in the end, you still have to play good football in order for it to amount to anything. You come on, it. come on, Wyoming Bronco. What, what, why, are, why are you against me here? Well, I bet you he isn't mad that my Bills won. What's interesting <laughs> is that the Browns for years had a good offensive line and the rest of the team was terrible. Now they've got really good skill players, some good components on defense, but their offensive line is garbage. You think Joe Thomas is walking through that door anytime soon? No. He's uh, fo- he's down, I believe, to 255 pounds. He swims a lot now, by the way. And he's on keto. <laughs> yes. Number two, I was watching Monday's game with my dad, and he was going on and on about how the season was lost. In my opinion, people are overreacting to a week one loss on the road with a new defensive and offensive scheme. This team is better than it looked on Monday night. I know it. That's why I said in my eight things to know about how to handle this Broncos season. Don't overreact to week one. 
good or bad. It's much easier to say that before the game, isn't it? Unless you get crushed by the Raiders, (laughs) who are a 4-12 and team without their best player with all the drama. Everyone needs to back away from the legs. Maybe he's not their best player. Now, the Raiders, I'd be concerned about going forward because Jonathan Abram not being out there, it's going to be a lot easier to pass on them week two going forward than it was for the Broncos. I I can't believe we haven't heard anything about Perfect. I for sure thought the league would go back and see that he speared three guys in the back of the helmet on three consecutive plays and suspend him. Yeah, maybe. Number three, this one's for Pat. Number four, even though the Broncos lost, my Wyoming Cowboys made the whole weekend. They beat Missouri uh, 34-31, or was it 37-31? My bad. This is only the second time the Cowboys have beat a Power 5 team in the last decade. Number five on go the Go Pokes. If you hate it, a fr- uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And... <laughs> Wyoming also does not like CSU. Boy, Missouri missing Drew Locke, huh? Yeah, Kelly Bryant did a lot better in the second game than he did in the first game, though, against West Virginia. But West Virginia, a lot of transition there. They're not very good. Number five, on to my question. I don't know if you answered this in a previous podcast, but if you're John Elway, how would you handle this current injury situation? Who would you put on IR, and who do you want back from IR the most? Sorry for the long comment. She's had a lot of things to get off my chest. Go Broncos. But for me, I have to leave a spot open for Drew Locke until the season. And, and, and you don't have to decide now, but until the season goes good until you're confident that you're going to win then the season that then you have to keep drew lock an option yep then as it sits right now theo riddick who else what are the other op- i mean jake tim butt. patrick jake, jake butt, butt. i'd patrick. honestly rather have jake butt but it's a it's enough it's an all uh, I, I guess i'd still take theo it's just there's not there's nothing exciting about like a third running back. So what you're saying is the Broncos can afford one more injury. And ter- of course you don't want that to happen, but you're saying let's say a big name gets hurt. You you think that's okay because you, they're not missing too much with not being able to bring Jake Butt back, uh Tim no, Patrick. Theoretic is mostly just like a principal thing. Right? You don't want to just you you paid him like 3 million dollars or something for just five practices. Man, he'd probably be okay with that. Yeah, I'm sure he wants to play. <laughs> um, it is weird. Like, have you seen him in the locker room? No. It's so weird to, like, yeah. join a team, get hurt, and then you just, you're gone. Oh, uh, that would be so weird. Yeah. That's a, that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't understand about these guys on IR. They mostly, de- probably, they probably just show up for treatment first thing in the morning, and then they're d- they're just done. Like, they just go home. Yep, exactly. Next one coming in from Mark Shippers. He says, hey, guys, I don't think week one is time to panic yet. If Denver comes out and loses and looks flat against Chicago Sunday, then it's panic time. P.S. I asked the local liquor store if they could get some Strawberry Sky. They only carry Vanilla Porter and the Avalanche Ale, so we will see. Updates to come. Go Denver and go BSN. Mark in Kansas. Uh, totally. I hope, uh, I hope that they hook you up there and I do, it's not panic time. I just think we only have one game to go off of. So what can, what else can we talk about? You know, like they look terrible in the one game that they played and and that's all we have to talk about right now, but it isn't time to panic. As I said, right after the game, if they go out, just like you just said here, if they go out and they get their, you know, what handed to them again, I'll be all over the panic button. Like I said, they've only started Owen two twice in the last 50 years kind of like how they only had two losing seasons in a row mm. twice or zero times in the pat bowling <laughs> era and twice in probably the last 50 years yep all right next one is a very long one <laughs> from arkansas bronco gal 
She says, okay, let's try this again. I tried to comment right after the game, but it didn't work out. Since I tagged you all on Twitter Monday night before the game, I thought I should probably introduce myself. I've been a subscriber since right before the draft, but I've never commented. I've been meaning to, especially with seeing more girls around here. I felt the need to rep the female Broncos fans. Hey, love it. Absolutely. We love seeing you guys in the comment section. Sorry it's been so long. No questions today, since you all seem to answer them before I ask. But I do have a lot of comments built up since before the draft, so here it goes. Welcome, Mace. So glad you've joined the family, and I love your profile pics on Twitter. I have a Cavi, too, and they are the best pups. Also glad to have someone on board who have a, had a few more birthdays than Ryan and Zach. Sometimes they make me feel old. And Mace has actually just uh, slipped out to go take roll at practice, so he'll be back, and he'll give us the report of who's out there and who isn't. But I'm sure he appreciates your comment. I actually, my family has cockers, which are close to cavies. Mm. Um, so... Shout out to little Zoe. I love her. <laughs> um, he said, she says, I'm Arkansas, bo- born and raised, but I spent a good chunk of my 20s in Colorado where I fell in love with the state and the Broncos, as you well should. Three for Mr. B. Four, my first jersey was a Tebow jersey. I currently own a blue Manning and an orange Miller. I need a white one now. Lindsay or Chubb, probably next. I can't decide. Can't go wrong. Nope. Five, Captain Crunch is the best cereal. I pour a bowl full of milk and then pour cereal as I go. That way it never gets soggy. Wow, that is unorthodox (laughs) six straws don't have holes it's a hollow tube that's open on each end if it has a hole in it it doesn't work properly (laughs) hashtag team no holes seven la eight hot pockets are gross but i will admit to admit to eating my fair share back in college nine i have trouble finding breck brews in arkansas but i've managed to still find a few oh i lost my spot yeah we got a new comment yep um Still trying to track down some Strawberry Sky, but so far what I've found is damn good beer. Mm. Ten just ordered my Mile High Mafia shirt, anxiously awaiting its arrival. I love sporting Broncos gear down here while everyone else is a Cowboys or a Saints fan, or I assume a Razorbacks fan. Mm. And the Razorbacks are, are the Rams traveling to Arkansas this weekend. Do you know? Yes. Traveling. Okay. Well, the, the Rams will be in town. And I'm I'm trying. I, I know I just said the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I'm tr- I, that, I was wrong. I can't say that anymore. Wow, that really you just went full Kawhi Leonard laugh. We need to clip that. You literally, you literally went went Kawhi. Um, finally, that's it for today. I hope I didn't go too long. Thanks for all the great content you guys have made the off season actually enjoyable. And I'm looking forward to a great season of real football with you. Even when we lose, I know you guys will keep it entertaining. We really hang our hats on that. We we really, really do. And I'm glad that you guys are sticking with us this week and, and all season. Because it's gonna be it's gonna be fun with us no matter what. So Arkansas Broncos guy, we're so happy, so happy to have you on board with us and go Rams. And your pup looks so cute. You wanna say it with me? You wanna say it with me, Ryan? Mm. Go Rams. No. One more time. Go no. Rams. <laughs> You're making strides though. I'm proud of you. I I, I would actually be happy if the Rams won this weekend. There we go. Well, yeah, that won't happen though. So you'll be happy either. It way. Happened last year, <laughs> didn't it? I don't yeah, think so. they it beat did. Ar- they beat Arkansas. Oh, at last home, year. right? Yeah. No, no. They blew it. No, they did. Yeah, no, they Arkansas won. had the lead. I was at that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was quite very game. memorable. I bet. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> next one coming in from True Champ Fan Twenty Four. He says, "What about Shaq Barrett? Wow." Have a game. Three sacks and counting, and I couldn't be more happy. Glad he is having success. We need to talk about this. First of all, shout out to Shaq and go. Just kidding. I'm not going to say yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Shaq. Uh, it's so cool to see him balling like that, and he is one of the good guys. Uh, him and I always had some great banter about the Buffs and Rams, although he 
did interestingly get more quiet over the last few years. Um, but here's the thing. I'm so, I'm so sick of seeing uninformed national opinions. Mm. Multiple times last night, I saw a national person say, wow, Broncos really messed up letting Shaq Barrett go. And I'm just like, do a little bit of research. Know what you're talking about before opening your mouth. Here's the deal. Shaq Barrett wanted to go be a starter somewhere, as he damn well should. He deserves to be a starter somewhere. Guess what? He had a 0% chance of being a starter here in Denver. So he wanted to go somewhere else. It had nothing to do with the Broncos being cheap or penny pinching or anything like that. Shaq wanted his opportunity so he could go and have three sack games. And he went and he had a three sack game and we're very, very happy for him. There was nothing that Broncos could have done except for promise him a starting job over Bradley freaking Chubb. Yeah, what what needed to happen is if the Broncos wanted to keep him, they needed to give him an extension before they drafted Bradley Chubb. And let's say they did that, and then they draft Bradley Chubb. Or let's say they kept him this offseason and paid him to be a backup, paid him solid money. Is that the best use of your money? Look, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller are playing 85 90% of the snaps. So is it worth it? Let's say, let's say uh, Shaq spares both of them and gets 25% of snaps. Is that worth $5 million? Now, I love Shaq as a person, as a player, what he brought to this team. But once you drafted Bradley Chubb, it was it was adios to Shaq. And that's fine. It's okay. These things happen. You get better players and other players become expendable. It's not it's not about whether or not the Broncos wanted to keep Shaq. I'm sure they loved Shaq. Now let me ask you a question. Would you rather have Shaq for let's say four years, twenty million dollars, and one of those quarterbacks sitting at five last year? Or would you rather have Bradley Chubb and no Shaq? Well, it depends. Uh, which one? I mean... Anyone that was available at five. So the Joshes. Right. Or Lamar. Or Lamar. <laughs> Who's the best of them right now? It looks like Lamar <laughs> at this point. Although my bills are one and oh. Um I mean, at this point, you probably have to say Josh Allen. You have to. You have to say one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a point that can be made. If you want to make that point nationally, I'll tip my cap and say, hey, you you actually bring up a good point. If you just say, wow, the Broncos should have never let Shaq Bear go. Can't believe they were so cheap. They wouldn't pay him one year, $5 million. Yep. Get out of here. You're 100% right, Ryan. Shaq McLovin comes in with the same thing. Shaq Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a beret, <laughs> eating a baguette. <laughs> oh man, I picture him wearing the little hat. That's an actually hilarious visual. Shaq Barrett with three sacks in this game against the Panthers and had one last week. I knew he was a beast, but damn, he is technically leading in the league in sacks this year. Not even technical, he just is. That's but he has a one game head start on everyone. So, in a, in a different angle on this, really quick. Obviously, he's not going to continue this path. But if he has 12 sacks this year, how much is he getting paid? What contract is oh, he getting? He's so, he, right now, he's yep. probably so happy he got that one-year deal. Yep. He's already at $4 million. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, the, and, and this was in front of the country. That, that can't go unnoticed. I'm sure there's some teams out there being like, that guy's on a one-year contract? Yep. Ooh, we better start getting ready. And let's not forget, the four sacks are great. He also was the reason that the Buccaneers – part of the reason why the Buccaneers won that game. His pursuit of Christian McCaffrey yep. coming back the other way took away a lane for Christian to cut back up the field, so he was forced to go for the outside where he didn't get it. 
Shaq's a great football player, and we're really happy for him. Next one coming in from Underdog. He says, who would win in a fight between a lion and a tiger? Sorry for the long comment. Did I miss something? <laughs> I like that he said long comment. Uh, 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 uh. Um, who would win in a fight between a lion and a tiger? I'm going to go with the the uh, lion. I'm going to go lion as well. Seems a little pretty, more powerful. Yeah, yeah. the mane's got to help too. I think it can take a punch a little better. Yeah. Um, but the, the tiger technically could just evade the entire situation if they wanted to before they died. Go, little, go Littleton Lions. Shout out. Littleton Lions. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a Pee Wee team. <laughs> Gonna be honest. Our colors were purple and gold. Good colors, honestly. Mm. Uh, my most hated high school rival had purple and gold. And I always thought, like, their uniforms do look good on the field. So if you can't beat them, join them. And that's pretty much what you did with the black and gold. Black and gold. Well, I loved black and gold far before I hated purple and gold. <laughs> um, everyone in my family went to Boulder High School except me. And unfortunately, I had to go where there was red. But those <laughs> uniforms also looked dope too. Black and red. Not that white and red garbage from Nebraska. <laughs> uh, going on here from Sally. Hey, guys, I don't know if we have enough pieces to put together a package, but I saw Minka Fitzpatrick requested a trade from Miami. Do you think Denver pulls the trigger on this? Well, we knew this one was coming in. I think it comes in a few more times, so congrats to Selly for getting it in first because we're probably not going to discuss the other ones. Zach, would you do it? I love Minka Fitzpatrick. A Bama boy, he's one of us, Ryan. <laughs> but no. Wow. I wouldn't. You're I wouldn't. Wrong. And here's... Here's the reason why you're going to have to give up significant value in order to get him, according to reports right now. So I imagine since he was a, a top first round pick, I imagine it's at least a first round pick. Do you think that's fair? A first round pick for him? The reports outside suggest that they want a first. Okay. But are understanding that they might have to settle for a second. Okay. Well, then that, that does it for me. If it's a first, no. If it's a second, absolutely. Well, I thought we were going to argue on this. I'm kind of <laughs> bummed. We'll we'll bring Mace into the conversation when he gets back in here because I thought he was going to argue with me too. Okay, let's get our argument right then. Let, let's get it straight so we can attack him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted you guys to attack me. I had some like ninja moves ready. <laughs> um, that's the thing. It, it, it's very simple. Yep. Second, no-brainer. Yep. First, no-brainer. You can't do it for a first. <laughs> yep. You definitely do it for a second. I completely agree. Um, but – the the idea out there that they would settle doesn't make sense to me because they don't want this trade. It's Minka who wants to, the trade. And I'm sure what they told his agent is if you can get a first somewhere, fine. We'll, we'll ship you. How many Dolphins players were upset? and and Because and, I, I just saw reports that many Dolphins players won out now. How many is it? Is it stars? I mean, how, I, I don't know how many well, stars Minka there Fitzpatrick are. is probably their best player. Right, right. That's what I'm saying outside of him. I don't know. But I mean, it's like you take you kill the queen, and all the other bees start dying. If Minka Fitzpatrick's out, I'm sure a lot of other guys are gonna be like, all right. Well, if you're on the defense, if you're in the defensive secondary, yep. you're like you just took away the only thing that gives us any hope. Every I, I'm out too. You know, um, this is crazy. Tanking doesn't work like this in the NBA. No. But football, I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna say these guys have more pride. Kind of feels like football players, though, do have a little bit more pride. Just They're just a different breed. I don't know. There's something to be said about losing 59 to 10. That, like, you are you start thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to do 15 more games of this? And they're playing the Patriots this week. 
in Miami. That's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, God. It's going to be all Patriots fans in the stands, too. All these old Patriots fans who moved to Miami. <laughs> Next one coming in from... Wait, really quick. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah. he fits in this defense so freaking well. He's, I mean, he's like a, a younger, more talented, healthy Bryce Callahan. He's he's everything. He's all of the best of this secondary put together. Honestly, you still have what four years, including this year, of control on him, or is this his third year? This is his second year. So last year he was a rookie. Yep. So you have four more years of control, including this year. Yeah. Yeah, including this year. It's right. week two. Yep. Oh my god! If you can get that for a second round pick, and he's going to be cheap. Send him a player, too, for all I care. And then you also free up salary cap space because you're not paying him a lot. And then you can go with Will Parks as the cheaper option between him and Justin Simmons. You can let Justin Simmons go and get paid, or you can keep Justin Simmons. But then you have Kareem Jackson for another year. Bryce Cal, he, he, he fixes everything in the secondary. It's almost so good that you would consider the first if you were confident in Drew Locke. And that's it. And you just, I just don't think you got enough sample size to be confident in Drew Locke. Could you imagine right now? What's the worst case for the Broncos starting zero and one? What What's the worst they finish in your mind? Not not what four you four and twelve. Okay. Could you imagine if they do trade a first and then they go four and twelve? Ooh, <laughs> that's a really good point. You just can't do it. So maybe mate, wait after this week. That that's what, this week we're gonna have so much clarity on where this team is. If you beat the Bears, you're one and one. You've got Jack. Oh, you got Green Bay and Jacksonville. Split those. Yep. You can be two and two. You can be two and two. Yeah. And you're you're going against Gardner Minshew. Exactly. In week four. Exactly. And then week five, the Chargers. You you can beat them. That they can. Did it last they year? Can clock on the your, road. They can clean your clock too. But you can beat them. Yeah. This is this really is a turning point. You, if you go zero and two, you definitely can't trade. A first round pick, but no matter what, trade the second. Yeah, in a heartbeat, With, without a doubt. And Mace brought this up yesterday in regards to someone else. You have two third round picks, so if you want to get back in the second next year, just package them and get up, or trade one of those thirds and a second for Minka. Sure. Oh yeah, heartbeat. <laughs> exactly. Next one coming in from Xander. He says this one's for Zach, aka Giggles. Good luck in fantasy this week. I'll bet you a pizza for who comes out with the W. You taking that? I got to continue this comment, and then it'll make it very clear what I'm going to do. He says, so far, Monday night was a good jump for me. Thursday night was a good jump for me. May the best team win, but I'd trade it all for a Broncos win this week. Alex, you should have come in before the game yesterday. Should (laughs) have. I can't take a I can't take a losing bet. What is uh the score? I'm pulling up the exact score right now, but let's see. We have uh yeah he's he's up twenty two to zero. Only playing one guy. Yeah, he got twenty two from Chris Goodwin. Godwin. I too got twenty six. Wait, why are our two leagues different points? Because we were totally different systems. I know, but so is yours half PPR then? um yes okay i think ours is full ppr okay um chris godwin got you 26 26 Woo. but you know what sucks what christian mccaffrey who essentially kept me in my <laughs> matchup last week with a 40 burger 7.3 but see you're actually okay am i that's what i was i was gonna ask you so i'm, I'm yep. about averaging 
Uh, what do I what do I got here? Thirty three divided by two. So I'm at sixteen and a half. Yep. Per player, you're fine. That should be a winning you're combo. Fine. You're fine. Plus Kyler going up against oh shoot, <laughs> Baltimore. <laughs> Easy in Baltimore. No shootout. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Kyler versus Lamar. I say it's a shootout. It's a one-sided shootout. It's going to be, there's going to be like 59 total points and it's going to be 49-10. No. <laughs> no way. That hurts your heart too much. All right. From Iceman. Hey, boys. Damn good podcast. Mr. Stevens is my favorite because he's a realist. It must be a DU thing. <laughs> Guess you're a realist. I love you, Iceman. Uh, when you split up my dime, please give the new kid Mace four cents, and you two kids take three cents each. But he just said you're his favorite. You mean me? I get the four cents. That's what I feel like. <laughs> Remember, he will need to send his baby girl to be a Tar Heel one day. Oh, mm. more Allie and Lindsay, of course. Go Denver Mafia. Get this BS figured out immediately. <laughs> we'll pass it along today to Vic. Next one coming in from Kiwi Bronco says, if we do end up drafting high, would we'll love an offensive tackle like Andrew Thomas. Or a defensive tackle like Derek Brown. Too early for this stuff. Save it for the draft <laughs> pot. Um, I do like the the Iowa guy, AJ Espinosa or something along those sure. lines. Sure, yeah, the tight end. I imagine from no. Iowa. <laughs> he's a defensive end and he's a beast. Um, plus, uh, Iowa fans and Buffs fans are, have an alliance now. It's pretty dope. Mm. Um, they wear black and yellow. We wear black and gold, mm. and we both hate Nebraska. So, shout out to all of our Iowa listeners. I'm actually a diehard Iowa Hawkeyes fan now. We we love Iowa, and Iowa loves us. Exactly. And my dad is from Dubuque, Iowa, and he grew up a Hawkeyes fan, so it's it's already in my blood. I lived in Des Moines for nine months. You did. I've been to Des Moines once. <laughs> Look at all these connections. Maybe that's where the world tour starts. Sounds good to me. Great people in Iowa. Next one from Lone Star Bronco. He passes on the same question. What would it take to get Minka? And then Chef Adam L. says, We cleared the space, and he is not just a win-now move. What do we What do we have at cornerback if Chris moves on? I like this move for now and later. Does he fit what Vic likes to do? And Bronco's rush, one, one more really quick. He says, Whatever the price, I'd pay it, pay it honestly. His contract would be cheap. He's 22, and we get a fifth-year option on it. Sign me up. As a diehard Iowa Hawkeyes fan, I must correct myself. AJ Espinosa. I knew that, of course, as a diehard (laughs) Iowa Hawkeyes fan, but I just got a little confused. Man, the more I think about this, the more tempting it is to trade a first form but no, you, you can't you, you can't you can't I, we I, have I rules follow, here zach we do, we do have rules and we have to follow those rules let's say mm, gosh if you knew drew was the truth you'd do it because the thing is he's worth a top 10 pick if you got your quarterback it's worth a number one pick if you got him yep oh i i do have confidence in drew i, I really have a lot of confidence in drew but but, 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 but you can't just be confident. You have to be, you have to know. Yep. You have to see it with your own eyes. Yep. You have to see him start eight games this year and, and win six of them. Or even if it's four and he wins three, Yep. you know, and he's slinging the ball around like a pro. You got, you have to see it with your own eyes before you can do that. A hundred percent. Right. The real links chimes in and says, so <laughs> guess where this is going, Ryan. 
if Minka Fitzpatrick wants to be traded and the Broncos need depth at corner. I like how Lynx is talking about Minks. Ooh, I like that connection. If he wants to be traded and the Broncos need depth at corner and the Broncos have the cap space to do it, should we grab this guy? Yes, move on. <laughs> oh, he has an he has another question. Also, totally agree with everyone on the energy thing. This team needs it. I think chances are pretty high. We see Drew Locke start for three plus weeks this season. Do you think he mm. is the energy guy? Do you think him starting would send a message to the older players about their place in the generation gap on this team? I see turmoil and heartache. Damn. So that's a album cover. Right there. <laughs> um, okay. I cannot believe that we have omitted this. The Real Link's best point of the week, I might say. Mm, could be. Drew Locke is that guy. Yep. That's my, one of my favorite things about him. Yep. He is the energy guy. Yep. And he's at a position where you can do it. Wow. This is the best point of the week. My mind is blown. I... It's a good, it's a damn good thing that Drew Locke is on IR. I might be calling for him to start right now mm. based on this comment alone. <laughs> this team needs energy. This team needs leadership. This team needs fire. This team needs edge. Drew Locke checks all the boxes of what they need. So do you agree with me that it was a colossal mistake to put him on IR? Uh, it just depends on how hurt he is. And I don't know the answer to that. What if he could be back? When I talked, the last time I talked to Drew about this, I said, how's it going? He said, great. It's, a, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I know about Drew's injury. Anyway, let's, uh, next question. Although there's a sub-question here I have to answer. A mean-ass Mason movie question. Who do you think will finally kill Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars 9? My bet is on Kylo Ren. It's my bet as well. Yeah, mine as well. The so, the uh, the, the, well, Star the Wars tension is, is palpable. Well, the star it's about redemption, right? Darth Vader turned on Palpatine in Return of the Jedi. So, Star Wars always has echoes of things throughout the movies that follow. From the man remember in, uh, Ovaltine? Ovaltine. Have you ever had Ovaltine? Yes. Is it a soda? No, it's, it's a chocolate uh, milk type drink. So you like take milk and then you add this into it, and it's like it's like chocolate malt yes. flavor. Okay. Did you guys ever see a Christmas story? course okay yeah so you know about oval zach, yes. <laughs> zach didn't for sure be sure to drink your oval team oval team is so good All, my grandparents always had it at their house i'm it's a yoohoo guy I really had it you always have good, but that's like that's like you just made a glass of chocolate milk and then just poured like a whole cup of sugar into it is that bad no <laughs> anyway, it's delicious the manning faced god hey guys i have a couple questions and comments number one so do we have a chance of getting minka from what i've heard fins are asking for a first but we'll take a second He's still on his rookie deal. Would Elway do this trade? All right, Mace. Zach and I just had this conversation at length. Just allow you to pontificate your thoughts here. Okay, I'm not opposed to Minka for a second round pick. I don't. We don't want to sacrifice a one. But you're talking about first about a guy who is a first. He was a first round pick. He's a first round caliber player. He's under team control for three years on the rookie deal plus another year because of the fifth-year option. You'd pick that up if you trade for him. So it's not like you're sacrificing your future. You're basically getting a first-round pick for the cost of a second-round pick. If that's what you deal, I would do it. See, this is a great example, guys. We don't just agree with each other because we like each other. We agree with each other because we're all smart. That's exactly what Zach and I said. Yep. It's logical. It makes sense. He goes on and says, also, neither Vaughn or Bradley had a sack in the last game. Do you see either of them going off on the Bears? They better. 
It's possible for sure. Three, I'm a big believer in Noah Fant. Three is supposed to be for Mr. B. Mm. Let's, well, then you. we'll bump everything else down. Let's say this is number four. All right, four, I'm a big believer in Noah Fant. I think Nerves played a big role in his play last week. I think he'll make some big plays against the Bears. I love the catch that he had, by the way, in the third quarter when he's in tight coverage and he's just running you know, down the seam to the left, and he still makes the play. I want to see more of that, more of Noah Fant uh, getting away from the tackle, more of him going down the seam. I think they'll use him better this week, and I think he can he can be an X factor because even against a Bears defense like this, he's a matchup problem. I'll let you finish the comment okay. here. I just jumped in because yeah, you had I, a face I, full of pizza. I took a, I took a bite of crust uh, from the pizza that we had here for the media on Friday. I had no breakfast. I was hungry. Free pizza no. Friday. Yes. Number four, I noticed Philip was out a lot during the Raiders games and let Royce play in more critical downs. Why is that? And do you see guys see that happening during the Bears game? Thanks, guys. Best damn podcast right here. Yep. I see it happening. It, it's, it's not something you guys are going to like especially when Phil's going off. But Royce did, Royce did have a good game, but they are going to make it a balanced attack. And that's fine. If that if that sustains Phil Lindsay's effectiveness for the entire season and for years beyond, I am fine with him basically having a 50-50 share with, with Royce Freeman. And then you just hope that Royce can take steps forward. Royce is moving in the right direction, by the way. He's had a good, good summer, and I thought when he was out there, he played well Monday night. I'm okay with more Royce. I'm not okay with what they did on Monday night, which was Philip Lindsay was rolling, got them down in the red zone, and then they brought Royce in. I thought that was silly. I have a question for you, though, Mace. Yes. What if you need more Phil to get your team rolling, to, to get the wins now? Is it worth saving him if you're saving him for uh three five and yeah five and eight start well i'm thinking also beyond this year oh okay. i so, would so like it is worth it then i would like the broncos to sustain philip Lindsay to where it becomes logical to re-sign him remember as an undrafted free agent coming into the league he hits restricted free agency after year three. So that's when you have to tar- start talking about a new contract with draft picks. It's after year four. Right. So the clock the clock is running. The Broncos are going to have to make a long-term decision on Philip Lindsay. I would like to see Philip Lindsay stay healthy, be productive when he's out there, and then when it comes time for him to be an RFA, you give him a second-round tender, but then that's your bridge to getting a deal done for four years I want to see Philip Lindsay be a Bronco for a long time. Yeah, you want him to be your top dog. And if you're in need of a top dog electrician, for over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electric company in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they'll give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No no job is too big or too small for Piper Electric, just kind of like Philip Lindsay. Not too, not too small, and Royce Freeman, not too big. Uh, they work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. All right, next one coming in from Bumpy Buffalo. He says, hey, guys, give me your thoughts. We get Rams check instead of Gumballs, Nelson instead of Chubb, re-sign Matt Paradis, and still take Reisner this year. Our line would consist of, from left to right, Ramscheck, Reisner, Paradis, Nelson, Wilkinson, or James? Would you prefer this, and who would you guys swap in or out? I mean, how could you not? <laughs> wow, that's that's the best young line in football. Right, and you're, you're just bullying people in, in the trenches. And that's always something that I've always thought about. 
could you just decide one year for the next five years we are drafting young talented offensive linemen that are sure things and obviously there's no sure things but you know the guys who are pick wisconsin guys every year can could you could a team do that and and just like that's like a perfect way to rebuild if you're rebuilding just start drafting offensive linemen. obviously if you're up at the very very top get a quarterback but with your second pick take an offensive lineman i think the the cowboys are kind of a, a good example of this they built that line and then they had a what a thousand yard rusher that, that they got at the top of the draft mm, right we'll go right now who would you rather have drew lock or dak prescott well drew. you mm, but the thing was with dak prescott but the money think can, about this money dispute yes i know i'm, I'm aware of that but if you'd had dak prescott what would your 2016 and 2017 and 2018 have looked like your 2016. Okay, so wait, real quick. Just your 2016 might have looked a lot better with Dak Prescott than. Are we going yeah. back in time? I'm thinking right now, moving. But if you have Dak Prescott now, that means you had him in 2016. You've changed the entire trajectory. It's a big. I might do a what if in the off season about what if the Cowboys pull off the trade and get Paxton Lynch and the Broncos take Dak Prescott at the end of round two. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They should have done back. Yes. way back when. Um, I, I would still, I still rather have Drew Locke because I just know that I, I don't know, but I feel as if Dak Prescott cannot win you a Super Bowl. I think Drew would have looked, if Drew was in Dak's place back then with, with everything that Dak had, I think he would have looked better. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. You give him a great offensive line and a great running back. At that point, it just comes down to talent and he's more talented. I think, I think Dak Prescott was more pro ready coming out than Drew Locke though. I don't disagree with that. Interesting. From Brent G. Don't worry, RK. You have one friend in FOCO. I don't care what they say about you up here. I'm glad. Thanks, Brent. All this hate about Flacco's first game in a Broncos uniform, not necessarily from you guys, but I feel the biggest issue is letting the Raiders control the clock. The last thing this offense needs to be is to be on the sidelines for 40 minutes a game. I believe in the coaching staff. I think adjustments will be made. Appreciate you guys keeping this season interesting. P.S., Foco confirmed to have the best water in the state. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I think he's right on the tempo. Yep. Because the Broncos, they want to play the tempo game. They want to have the six to seven minute drives. And the Raiders, by having those long drawn out drives in the first half, basically took the Broncos' plan, tossed it in their face. Yep, exactly. So I, I'm... I'm Right there. I thought tempo was a huge part of the Raiders going in that direction. Oklahoma Bronco 58. I'm not going to comment on Minka Fitzpatrick because I'm sure you've already addressed it, and there's probably a jillion comments on this, so I will ask Smart this. Man. Is there a chance the Broncos that the Broncos have a uniform change in the near future? These ones just seem so 1997-ish. They could Agreed. really use an overhaul, and I'd love to see them do a rendition of the throwbacks, much like the Color Rush uniforms. I wonder if this came up because I brought it up on Twitter. I was just going to ask yesterday. You, did you see this comment, or did were you just happened to talk about it at the same time? Um, I I just talk. I guess he maybe he saw it, but I was thinking about it a couple of nights ago. And let me say this because it ties back to the first topic that we had on this podcast: ownership. Do not expect a full scale uniform change until the ownership situation is settled because that is something that in general they would like to leave for a new owner to decide 
Because let's say you change to a uniform, and I love taking the color rush look and having white pants instead of orange with the orange jersey, maybe even orange pants with a white jersey. And actually, you could take that template, have blue jerseys and pants. You could mix and match as you will and come up with some different combos, and you could have a lot of fun with them. But like, I'd love to see like blue and orange. See, right now, one of the problems with the Broncos uniforms is you can't mix and match because that stripe, because then that stripe doesn't match right, on right. the pants and the uh, side of the jerseys. And I hate the the swoosh. I just hate it, hate it, hate it. But right now, with the trust running it, this uniform is still considered a legacy of Pat Bowen. Mm. And what if the Broncos did say we're going to go with this color, a modified color rush uniform as our primary uniform, and then? If it didn't work out for Brittany Bowen to assume control of the team or another Bowen child, uh, a new owner came in and said, you know what, I just want to completely get rid of this. Then you're like the Jaguars, changing uniforms willy-nilly every five years or so. You want some permanence to this. I truly, truly believe they need a full-scale redoing of the uniforms. Um, I think they're stale. I get the, the fact that they've won three Super Bowls in these uniforms, and I think that's worth something. But... They do feel 1997-ish to me. They, they look like they were trying to be futuristic in 1997, and the future has come, and they don't fit in. So for me, I, I want them to take the old logo, take the, the D, rebrand it in a way that's classy yet updated. So basically have thicker legs on the, on the horse. On right, the D, perhaps. yes. Make it look a little more tough. Um, and then just do, just redo the uniforms, let Nike handle it. They're the best. They'll do a good job. They don't always do a good job. Miami Dolphins. That's a, that's a, now they simplify the uniform. The uniform is fine, but the logo for Miami is terrible. It looks like the logo of some insurance company. Yeah. It's so soulless and corporate. I want the dolphin with the freaking helmet back on the. Helmet. However, what I want to see is that the dolphin, the helmet on the dolphin, actually has the dolphin logo, so it can kind of go off into infinity. Mm. <laughs> just, uh, just having power create your new logo. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, no, but so I, I do think they need to rebrand it. Next one's from Bronco Squared. Hey gang, shirt idea: a spinoff presidential candidate shirt that has to do with Vic Fangio going to the booth to coach games. Then the BSN Army can get the ball rolling to get him up there. Vic Fangio above it all. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or just like a picture of his face, the eye in the sky. Don't lie. <laughs> I, I'm lost. <sighs> Come on, man. From Dreadhead no, no, Broncos no, no. Okay, fan. No, that one slipped in. Okay, Dreadhead Broncos fan says, what's going on, guys? Let me start by saying welcome, Mace, a.k.a. the Goat of Goats. You're the Stephen Hawking of Denver sports media. So, from screaming at my TV over my horn secondary, getting carved up by Joe Burrow, to screaming at my phone once I got the notification that AB signed to the Patriots, to finally screaming at my TV over whatever the heck that was on Sunday, I lost my voice. Honestly, I honestly couldn't be mad at the game. Just disappointed. It was like we were all reliving the past two seasons. I did see a bright spot about the game, and it was in the form of Cortland, throw it up to me, Sutton, and Dalton, you shall not pass, Reisner. Cortland looked like a wide receiver one, and Dalton is absolutely the future on our line. My only question is when I cannot, when and I cannot stress this enough, when will Elway come to his senses and admit, you know what, Garrett Bowles, he ain't it, dog. 
Because come on, man, the dude isn't going to get it and never will. If Hall of Famer like Mike Munchak can't fix him, then no one can because he looks so stupid Monday night. It infuriated me. It's time to drop him some way or somehow via trade or midseason cut. Just get rid of him. Peace and much love to you guys and everyone out here on one of my favorite days, Friday the 13th. I have to say this. There's a very interesting and, and a point that really kind of gets at me, and it's not being mad, just disappointed. Wasn't it worse when you heard from your parent, I'm very disappointed in you, rather Definitely. than getting the verbal evisceration? I know it was when my dad said, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> that was what really cut to me. That's when you knew you did something that wasn't like stupid. It was like wrong. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, never heard that from, you know. Never well, because you're mad. perfect, Zach. Uh, Mr. Perfect. Come on. Here. I mean, yeah, Ryan and I were messing things <laughs> Favorite up. Favorite sibling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As for Garrett Bowles, I think that's kind of the other big thing here. I think with the lack of other options on the roster, unless you're trading for Trent Williams, you're giving Garrett Bowles this season, like it or not. But this is decision time because you've got to make, it, make up your mind on the fifth-year option going into next offseason. If you give him the fifth-year option, that means you could be tied to him for a fifth year. If he's hurt, you're on the hook for that contract. So it's all about him having this year under Mike Munchak to make some steps forward. If he doesn't, they're not picking up the fifth-year option, and then he becomes a bubble player for next year probably. From Sir James Radio, he says, you know, if Yadam's backpedal was as quick as Ryan's take on Tua, he probably would have been in a better position to make some plays. <laughs> wow. The, tr- the truth is I just – I just went further in my evaluation of Tua. Oh, Sir James Radio bringing the heat. He says, I kid, of course. Of course, everyone's going to be high on Minka, but I think I may be the long fan hoping that doesn't happen. The capital it would likely take to land a player of his caliber uh, would have to be steep. And with the team seemingly poised to move on from move in from them after last year, I feel those picks. Oh, like move higher picks. I don't know. I feel those picks would be better suited for an in-house use rather than just for one player. Here's the thing. There's this um, there's this shirt that they printed in Houston, and it's stuck in my head ever since. And it says, prospects are great, parades are better. Mm. And that's how I feel about draft picks. Draft picks are great, but actually good players are better. So just go get the good players and figure it out later. And the thing of Minka Fitzpatrick is, after seeing him for a year, you know he can play, but he's still a second-year guy. He's still a young player ascending with growth potential. And you inherit it's the best of both worlds. You inherit the fifth year option, right? Yes, you do. So you have you you're ha- tied to him for three, four years, for nearly four years, three years and fifteen games. Yeah, that's that's basically. a hell of a deal, guys. I'm confused. What Miami's doing? I understand they're going full rebuild. They're ticking off well, a lot you, of players yeah, internally right now. That and players are looking around and they don't want to give away Minka Fitzpatrick. No. But but if you're going to draft Tua. Don't you? Isn't the second thing you want is a guy to protect him? Unless they've decided maybe it's not Tua, maybe it's Trevor in 2021, oh and you're in gosh. this long-term oh building. Oh, my gosh. It could be. So what do you do? You get the number one overall what, what pick What if they just redshirt him? Draft Tua, redshirt him. Well, then, then you, trade him? No, draft Tua. I'm saying, like, you want Tua for the rebuild, but you don't want to throw Tua in, into a, a, you know, a pool of piranhas. So you draft him. And then you continue tanking, and you redshirt him. But then Trevor Lawrence is there. Well, then you take him too. <laughs> well, the, the league would investigate that if Tua was, if they picked Tua or Herbert or whoever, 
and he's healthy and he's not playing next year, they the league be like, uh, no, you can't do that. What do you Unless mean they injured. have the best Fitzpatrick in the world, Ryan <laughs> Fitzpatrick? Fitz magic, baby. Don't you don't you want some good players though? I mean, you, maybe one thing. or two they, young good they players. They don't want to trade Minka, but they traded Laramie Tunsil, and that's like the guy you want. But when he's you get a young but he's closer to his next deal. The Minka Fitzpatrick, why this? possibility is generating so much chatter and it's not just with the Broncos you've probably got fans of probably more than half the teams in the league right now they're saying we can go get Minka he might only cost us a second well do it because he's not he's not a rookie he's practically a rookie he's got four years of team control coming better than a rookie because you got four years and he has a year of experience in the NFL you know he can play he wasn't a bust last year you know he's a good player yeah. It's not like Sua Cravens when you bring him in, and granted, that was for basically a mid-round pick, but Sua Cravens didn't really show all that much in his first year in Washington his and then first, set out the next year. His best work was at middle linebacker. But he didn't want to play a linebacker. Yep. Yeah. Silly. Also, just on Tua, I'm just making a personal rule from now until forever. No left-handed quarterbacks ever. <laughs> so Steve Young wouldn't have been good for you? Nope. Mark Brunel. Tua. The only exception is Mike Vick. I love Mike Vick. No exceptions on that. I'm not wait, giving you but the, so Mike wait, Vick so isn't coming back around. It's just from now until so Mike, no other Mike Vick. So Mike Vick is the exception and Steve Young isn't. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Why? I'm sticking to that. <laughs> just because Mike Vick was like the swaggiest quarterback ever and it was – Awesome to watch him ball. Speaking of swaggy quarterbacks, oh, I thought that was Drew Locke. Never mind. <laughs> that guy's way way taller. He's than out Drew of Locke. practice right now. You're Probably right. Wa- watching practice. Well, yeah, watching practice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, but all those guys there in the past. No, no left-handed quarterbacks for me moving forward. <laughs> so Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is right-handed. I was like, no, no. All right, I think that wraps it up here. On the BSN Broncos My podcast. It does. it does. It's all good. Um, thanks for tuning in all week. We will be back with you after the game on Sunday. <sighs> Hopefully not blowing the team to shreds. We'll see what happens, though. <laughs> all, all can change in a matter of three hours on Sunday afternoon. We could be feeling really good about the future of this team this season, potentially. Maybe. Kind of. All right. We'll talk to you then. See you later. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. 
It is Weinster. The best thing about Weinster is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Weinster is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Weinster is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Weinster, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Weinster is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Weinster is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Weinster.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.